Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are coming upon the most holiest of days that is celebrated by Christian believers. It is the time that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to present you a series of messages that will help you to understand what Jesus Christ did, but more importantly, why he did it. It was to offer sinful people eternal life. I want you to listen closely and even contact someone in your family who needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of today's message, we're going to share an opportunity for you or anyone you know to come to know Jesus. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. When all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight, then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roasted over the fire, head, legs, and inner parts. Do not leave any of it until morning. If some of it is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat. And he said, now I want to tell you how to eat it. With your cloak tucked in your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. This is where we first see that concept of the Passover. Verse 12 says, on that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. He said, judgment is coming. And that angel, the only thing, that death angel, when he's coming down the street, he's coming down the pathway, and he's looking at every house. He's not looking in the house. He's looking on the house. And I want to see if there's blood, I'm passing. If there's no blood, I'm going in. Amen. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Verse 21, then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, go at once, select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the door frame. Not one of you shall go out the door of his house till morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and the sides of the door frame and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your house and strike you down. At midnight, verse 29 says, the Lord struck down all the firstborns in Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon, to the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all Egypt got up during the night and there was loud wailing in Egypt for there was not a house without someone dead. Think about that picture that night in Egypt. God says judgment is coming. 
And if you want to escape the judgment, you better be covered by the blood. I was just thinking about this. I don't know what time they went to bed back in the day in Egypt. But the death angel didn't start moving at midnight. He said all the houses were woken. So that death angel must have made some noise or somebody that made some noise when he came in there. Because everybody's house, there was some crying and wailing and weeping going on all at the same time. And then God says, okay, Moses, you saw what happened? In verse 43, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, I want to do this again. I want you to recognize what I've done for you, and I want you to remember what I've done, and I'm going to call it the Passover. And this is the regulations for the Passover in verse 43. No foreigner is to eat of it. That's almost like the communion. No unbelievers should take communion. Any slave you have brought may eat of it after you have circumcised them. That means he may not be a, uh, an Israelite, but he can come clean. But a temporary resident and a hired worker may not eat of it. Verse 46, it must be eaten while inside one house. Take none of the meat outside the house. Do not break any of the bones of the lamb. His bones shall not be broken. Verse 50, all the Israelites did what the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that day, the Lord brought the Israelites out of Egypt by their division. This story in Exodus chapter 12 is one of the most important chapters in the Bible for the simple fact that it is where God instituted the Passover for Israel. And at the same time, he established one of the most prominent types in the Bible that prefigures Jesus Christ, the Messiah, in his atoning death on the cross. Here's what God is saying. He told Israel to do typically with the Passover, what he was going to fulfill actually with Jesus on the cross. The Passover lamb as a type not only points to Christ Jesus as our Passover lamb, slain and sacrificed for sins, but also point back to the fact that God had this plan before Time began in the earth because the Bible says, uh, Behold the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. God already knew that Adam was going to sin. He already knew that Pharaoh was going to act up. He already knew. So God never have to make it up while it's going on. He already knows. He already has uh, the plan. And Jesus Christ was going to be that sacrificial lamb even before the foundations of the world. Jesus says, I'm the one. In the death of Jesus Christ, he fulfilled the prophetic picture and the type of the Passover and Exodus and every detail and aspect associated with it. I want to compare some of those details. Number one, every man in every household was to have a lamb for sacrifice. Every household. He said each household need to do this. Like those in Exodus, each one of us must experience salvation individually. You can't ride on somebody else's household. You can't call your neighbor. Just put the blood over your house. Hey, I'm close enough. He's going to pass over. If he got to pass over yours, he's probably going to pass over mine. No, you need the blood on your own house. Every individual Jew had to personally appropriate and had to accept God's deliverance through the blood of the Lamb. 
Now, nobody was going to make you stay in the house. He said, don't you go outside. Now, you can say, I don't know why I can't go outside. I want to see what's happening. He said, okay. And that's what people do. They have the word of the Lord, and they just decide they want to do something different. But he says, you can go outside. Now, notice, he didn't have any kind of requirements for the people except that they stay inside. In other words, you don't have to go out and be so clean. You don't have to go out and do anything to receive this salvation or this Passover. Just stay in the house. Get under the blood and stay there. You don't have to do anything to be saved, but just get under the blood. You don't have to meet any requirements. You don't have to try to do, be a really, really good person or change anything. You can't change anything, but God will change you when you are born again. Every individual Jew had to personally accept God's deliverance. Salvation then and now is an individual decision and an experience between him and her, every man and woman, and their Savior. You must personally come to Christ and believe that he is the Lamb of God that took away your sins and will save you from the wrath to come. No one else can do this for you. You can't just ride on your mother's coattail. Let me just share this with you. You must be born again to become a child of God. God has only children. He has no grandchildren. You can't say my mama is saved so that makes me saved. No, he has no grandchildren. You don't get grandfathered in or grandchild in. My uncle, my aunt, he ain't got no other kinfolk but children. Got to be a child of God. Everybody are born by the Spirit of God. You can't say I'm a cousin of the Lord. You better be a child of God. It was an act of faith for the Israelites to put the blood of the lamb on the door. You know, and people are people, and they, the Bible says there was 600,000 men or so that came out of Egypt. And you know somebody going to start complaining. Why we got to put blood on my door? I just fixed this door. I don't agree with that. Just like people today, pastor tell them something, say, you need to win soul for you. I don't believe everybody needs to go do that. So people start complaining before they even think about it. And I know somebody was saying, I don't know why I need to do this. And no doubt there's probably, the Bible doesn't say it, but just human nature, there's probably somebody that didn't do it. It takes faith to believe. Here's what Moses said. You kill your lamb and you put that blood on the top and the sides of your door and you stay inside. Don't you come outside. He must be getting ready to do something. He don't want nobody to come outside. <laughs> what is he getting ready to do? I heard something out there. I want to go see. He always think he run things. Why he got to tell me what to do? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man. Or the wife said, baby, go on out there and see what's... <laughs> She's just trying to get rid of him. <laughs> but be sure we got some blood over the door, but you got going out there. <laughs> it's an act of faith. I want to believe. What is this blood supposed to do? What's that supposed to do? What does that mean? I don't believe that. And some people say, you think you just believe on Jesus Christ and he's going to save you? Yes. You believe he was crucified and was raised from the dead? Yes. You believe that? That's foolish. It's foolish to believe that if I just put some blood over my doors that a death angel going to pass over me. It takes faith to put your trust in the blood of Christ 
who saves us. Number two, the lamb had to be unblemished. Only the best from the flock would do. An unblemished lamb. He says a lamb without defect. The Passover lamb was to have no visible defect or blemish on it. No flaws, no stains of imperfection. And this requirement for the lamb point to the fact that God's final lamb, Jesus, was sinless and perfect in his humanity and in his moral character. The lamb without mark or blemish represents the spotless character of Jesus, the Messiah. Apostle Peter identified Jesus as the lamb without blemish or, with, without, blemish or without spot. John says of him, uh, in him there is no sin. The book of Hebrews says, Jesus was holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. He had no blemish. There was no guile in him. And even Pontius Pilate says, I find no fault in him. This is Jerry G. Martin, and we brought you a message today to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we are coming toward our Good Friday and Easter celebration, our Resurrection Sunday, I think it is so vital that we share the message of the grace and the goodness, the redemption and the forgiveness that Jesus Christ brings to every person. I don't know who you are, and I don't know where you are, and I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity, if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, to make a decision right now. It was Jesus. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. If you are lost and you feel hopeless or helpless or disconnected in your spiritual life, Today is a great opportunity for you just to turn to Christ and invite him into your heart, invite him into your life, and he will come in with his divine power and his spirit, and he will do for you what he's done for me and so many others. He will turn your life around. If you would like us to join you and pray with you and help you to get connected, call us right now at 281 964 one three nine three and say i made a decision for christ i need to get connected so i can continue to grow again that's two eight one nine six four one three nine three jesus christ came to give you everlasting life and we will walk that journey out with you be sure to call us and then join us for our easter sunday service at 10 a.m at one six one six one old humble road or online at lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.